Welcome to Capital Radio by Funds. I'm Liz. And I am Lika. And in this podcast, we demystify the world of private equity and venture capital. As a globally active fund placement agency, every day we meet interesting people from all over the world. We want to share their stories with you. Our guests are experienced investors and fund managers that will tell us what it takes to enter the black box of private equity. Welcome to today's guest, Daniel Bellamis. Daniel is a managing partner of Cathay in a Square, a fund of funds and is based in Paris. Prior to joining Cathay in 2016, he was the executive director and member of executive committee of BPI France in charge of the fund of funds business. In 2005, Daniel joined CDC Enterprises as deputy CEO for venture capital funds of funds activities, then took over the responsibility for investments and expansion capital as well as regional funds. Daniel began his professional career in 1988 with engineering and management positions in the telecommunications industry. Alongside his work as an investor, Daniel is involved in teaching activities on entrepreneurial and venture capital topics at Ashose Paris and Echo Polytechnique. Welcome, Daniel. Thank you. Welcome. Great having you here. Let's kick it off with the first question, Daniel, because we would like to know uh, how did you actually get into venture capital and also how did this set you up for a career as a funds of funds investor? Hello to, to everyone. Um, there have been, I would say, uh, three waves in uh, venture capital in Europe. The first one started with managers having a, a finance background. Those type of managers joined this uh, emerging industry in Europe in the 80s, uh, early 90s. And then in the, in the 90s, uh, mid-90s, uh, a new wave uh, of uh, VC entered the industry. This wave was composed of engineers. I would say that now we are in the third wave, which is uh, more and more composed of former entrepreneurs turned VCs. And actually, uh, regarding myself, I joined during the second wave as I am an engineer by training. At the time in 97, when I entered in the industry, uh, my background in telecommunication was, uh, I would say, uh, a requested competency given the number of investments that were executed in, uh, in the domain. Super. Okay. And so maybe just for our listeners, you know, we understand you're working in funds of funds as a funds of funds investor. And so perhaps you could explain the differences for you between investing into an early stage VC fund versus investing directly into the startup companies themselves. I'm used to say that um, this is basically the, the same time of approach, because when you invest in a startup, there are no assets, or at least uh, they go home every night as I'm I like to say, yeah. I would say that um, for a startup, an early stage startup, there are two key elements that you evaluate, the market opportunity as well as the team. And when you invest in an early stage VC, uh, the situation is quite similar because you, you, you don't uh, have uh, any asset either. And the two key elements are the, the fund management team and the market opportunity. In that case, the market opportunity is about the number of companies being created but more importantly, about the quality and the ambitions of the entrepreneurs creating those companies. And uh, it's also about uh, the competition on the market and um, the unique uh, positioning on the, on the fund. And regarding the team, it's about the team dynamics, its insight and its track record. While for a startup, there is another key element, which is the business model. For a fund of fund, it's about the portfolio construction principles, which uh, actually express 
the way the fund manager intends to deliver the value, the, the return to its LPs. Yeah, that makes sense. Could you also identify maybe some of the challenges being being a funds of funds investor and maybe also the qualities that you need to have to be successful in the field? Regarding investment in early stage venture capital funds, uh, well, very high number of uh, emerging venture capital funds manager, you need uh, to actually be able to pick the best VCs. And for that, you have to go beyond the marketing pitch and the documentation of the fund manager. And you have to really dig into the reality of this fund manager, its ability to attract exceptional entrepreneurs, its ability to bring added value in practice. So this is uh, uh, where you have to get uh, experience uh, to be able to really uh, pick the best, uh, best ones. All right. So you really have to get to know these managers really well, as you say. And what is your, how does your process look like? First of all, uh, one key thing is to be able to identify uh, the emerging managers that could be the cause of tomorrow. And at Cate, well, we have a, a strong uh, global footprint because we do invest globally. Uh, when I mean globally, it's in the US, uh, North America, I should say, Europe and Asia. We have a team in, on those three geographies, so they are, they are able to source your investment opportunities. And then uh, we are going uh, to uh, go through uh, uh, a detailed uh, DD2 uh, and also a number of uh, interviews individually and collectively. And of course, uh, we uh, end up this uh, process if, if uh, promising by uh, reference checks on the team. And uh, eventually, we go to the investment committee. Understood. And then, Daniel, maybe I can ask, uh, following on from what you mentioned to say that you have offices, you know, all around the world and you ha you take a really local approach, what was the expansion uh, footprint like? You know, where did Cathay start and, and what are the different opportunities you see in the different markets that you are active in? Yes, Cathay is, uh, has a global footprint because we have offices in, uh, in uh, different cities uh, around the world. We have offices in Beijing, Shanghai, uh, Shenzhen, uh, Singapore, Paris, Munich, New York, San Francisco. I should add to that that we have partnership with uh, funds in Africa, with Cate Africa Invest uh, in, in Africa, and as well as in LATAM with uh, CIA. We see usually a trend starting in one geography, and uh, we make use of the insight that we get thanks to our global presence to apply uh, the knowledge, the insight into other geographies. Today, we, we see uh, fintech as a, as a clear, common uh, development uh, across uh, the different geographies, whether we are in uh, developed countries or emerging countries. We see also uh, a lot of things on mobility, of course, on uh, artificial intelligence and uh, health tech. Yeah, it must be very interesting to be present in so many different markets, I can imagine. Are there also challenges that come with having such an international team and so many offices around the globe? Uh, what, we, what we do at Cate is that uh, we uh, are local and global at the same time. It means that when we have an office in a country, we uh, hire people with the, the local culture so that we are able to understand the, the way of doing uh, business and, uh, and, uh, and the local trends. At the same time, we uh, recruit people having the same kind of DNA because we have common grounds and values that we share across the different offices and, uh, and globally. And this is, uh, as an example, the uh, usefulness that drives us, uh, usefulness to each other, 
to our LPs, to our GPs, and to our entrepreneurs. And this is uh, very important for us to have a strong uh, enterprise culture. This is what maintains us uh, together with, uh, again, uh, a global footprint and a local um, uh, ingrainment in the ecosystem. Absolutely. And I can imagine, Daniel, that that was really put to the test uh, over the last 18 months with the increase in, you know, I guess, the pandemic and having to work remotely. Do you think that having such a global team and working across countries uh, really set you up to make that transition easier or how did you yourself find it personally? We used to uh, actually work uh, remotely at Cate uh, because, of course, we, we, did, uh, we did travel, but we did also uh, before the, the, the pandemic we did also a lot of uh, remote work. So actually we, we were in a way ready to face this kind of situation. And uh, we noticed something important also is that given our global um, investment uh, strategy, our investment um, portfolio was uh, very robust because uh, diversified across geographies and uh, also sectors. So overall uh, for us, uh, it was uh, a, a, a very good uh, experience, even if we would have preferred to avoid it. Yeah. And Daniel, you mentioned that you are indeed quite diversified in terms of geography and also sector. You identified some trends like fintech, mobility. Could you maybe give us a couple of examples of your investments that you feel really passionate about, that you that you really like? Maybe I will, uh, I will take one, uh, which is that we recently invested in an Indonesian fund The reason being that, um, of course, this deal was sourced by our investment team uh, in Singapore, which operate in the Southeast uh, region. And the reason why we, we picked this manager is because Indonesia is an incredibly growing economy, which is said to become uh, the fourth of five economy by uh, 2030. And the thing is that this economy is digitalizing uh, very, very quickly which brings a lot of opportunities for venture capital. And the team that we pick is very well positioned to, to benefit from that uh, opportunity and is also very well uh, connected in, uh, in Indonesia. So this is uh, one example of what the type of investment that, uh, that we do. Absolutely. I think yeah, you need to really see the trend and, and to invest early to be able to take part in it as it as it increases. And I think Southeast Asia is, is an area that is attracting a lot of attention at the moment. So that's exciting to hear about your recent uh, your recent investment. Daniel, I'm curious to hear, you know, you speak about so many different regions and, and sectors. Like what does a standard day at the office look like for you? You know, this, this, um, this activity is a kind of um, being a a double-sided uh, platform manager, where on one side you, you have uh, LPs, on the other side you, you invest in GPs. So a standard day consists in meeting people, I would say. Uh, you meet existing or potential LPs on one side, and you also uh, meet uh, potential or existing GPs on the other side. And this business is all about listening, learning, and applying your experience and track record to form the best investment decision that uh, will uh, um, lead to uh, returns for your for your LPs. So it's about uh, teaching uh, your your LPs and sharing insights on your own business, and it's also uh, basically about meeting new funds every day, listening to their pitch, their investment strategy and getting the insight onto the market. At the same time, conducting uh, 
extensive and detailed due diligence on a number of new funds that could uh, join the, the, the portfolio. It's, it's really about uh, relationships and uh, getting a better understanding of the industry dynamics and making the, the best investment for, for the LPs. Sure. And, and out of all the things you just mentioned, do you have a favorite part, Daniel? What gives you the most energy? You know, what I enjoy the most is uh, actually um, finding uh, unique GPs with insights uh, on the market that others haven't yet uh, identified. That's that's very similar to direct investment also. People having, at least you think, understood something ahead of the pack. So that's really exciting to to find out those kind of GPs. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. And um, you already touched a bit upon kind of three waves that you've seen uh, within within VC. Um, and you have, of course, a lot of experience in this industry. So we were also wondering, uh, from your point of view, how has the industry kind of evolved over these years? You know, when I joined back in 97, this industry was uh, almost unknown, at least in Europe. It was an uncrafted activity with a limited number of, I would say, generalist players. Uh, now it has become a global industry with an increasing number of highly specialized and sophisticated players alongside the whole development cycle of innovative companies. So it's no longer because of the competition, which is so intense today, about bringing money to entrepreneurs, but it's actually about seducing entrepreneurs to get into the deal, to get uh, the ability to invest into the company. And this is also pretty much linked to the added value that you bring alongside the money that you invest. So this has changed a lot, a lot. Yeah, I can imagine. And there's, there's of course, so much competition also for these great companies, these great VC funds. Um, what is your kind of unique selling point or how would you sell yourself to funds? You know, um, this is uh, about uh, a deep and long-standing knowledge of the industry, the way it works, the, the dynamics that are every day changing, almost, not every day, but very often changing. Uh, so this is one point, being uh, able to uh, share a common understanding of the industry. And on top of that is uh, actually the ecosystem that Cathy can bring to the GPs uh, in which we invest or the startups that uh, our direct uh, investment team also uh, deal with. Because we uh, at Cate believe that this industry is becoming a more and more an ecosystem uh, business. And we have a, a strong uh, ecosystem that we have built uh, across uh, our geographies, whether it's in China, in Europe, or in North America. And this is where we bring value. Yeah, great, Daniel. I think the investment proposition there is, is super clear. And maybe another following question to that. You know, we've we've established that you're working around the world, but with all that's happened in France in the last three years with La French Tech and the government support and the rise of, say, you know, French Tech 120, um, how much do you now focus on a market that is very close to home for yourself? Um, no, I actually, um, from a fund of fund point of view, we have uh, a global focus and we are not especially for the moment looking for investment in France, where, where I am based currently. We are more looking to extend our ecosystem, I would say, by investing in a highly uh, performing and uh, specialized VCs operating on their own geographies 
whether it's in uh, Central Eastern Europe, where we have invested in, in Spain, in Indonesia, or in uh, in the US, in the in the in the Bay Area, in, around uh, Los Angeles, or in Canada. So that's the way we see our um, investment strategy from from the from the perspective. It doesn't mean that in the future we will not invest in in French funds, of course. But uh, for now, we have uh, as a, as an objective to to immediately be be global. Yep, great. Very Thanks, unbiased Daniel. answer. Yeah, <laughs> good to hear it. Great to get some more more in depth on on all of that. And I think Daniel, we would like to move on now to the second part of the interview, which is also to get to know you a little bit better on a personal level. So what we're doing is we're moving into the fire round questions. This consists of two parts. The first part, we will ask you a couple of quick questions, and we would like you to answer just with one sentence. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind. Um, and after that, we'll go into the overrated, underrated part. Um, but first, we'll ask you a couple of short questions. So are you ready? Let's try. <laughs> What is your morning coffee order? Coffee. <laughs> And that's it. One black coffee. Nice. And um, if you could solve one problem in the world, what would it be? Uh, poverty. Nice. Name three traits that make a successful LP. Knowledgeable. Impactful, not just driven by uh, returns, I would say. Partnership. All right. And what book are you currently reading? Magic Money, which is uh, a book from a French economist on the impacts of um, the creation of money by central banks. Nice. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. Okay, great. Thanks, Daniel. Okay, we'll, mo we'll move on now to the last part of the fire round. Um, I'm going to mention a couple of topics. And can you please just tell us what you think, only using the words overrated or underrated? So my first question to you is, do you think the following is overrated or underrated, Daniel? Twitter. Overrated. What about self-driving cars? Underrated. And uh, champagne? Underrated. <laughs> Cryptocurrency. Overrated. Tour de France. Underrated. And Silicon Valley. Overrated. And finally, croissant. Underrated. <laughs> Très bien. Très bien. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon, Daniel. We really appreciated you taking a moment out of your day to, to share some insights and into what it means to be a fund of funds investor, but also, you know, really globally active in lots of different markets. So we learned a lot and, and we thank our listeners will too. So thanks again. Thank you for, for interviewing me. I appreciate it. Thank you, Daniel. Have a great day. Thank you.